Welcome to a football Friday. This is section 247's The Goal Line Stand off football all the time. Currently the number one trending football podcast in Podomatic. And uh, we are creeping our way up the boards on Podomatic's charts as a whole. Uh, we are in the top 800. And people are saying, oh, 800, that's a lot. Yeah, you know how many are behind us? Like thousands, thousands of thousands, tens of thousands. So we appreciate all of our listeners who download, like, share this program, our partners at Sports Talk Philly, and our presenting sponsor, our studio sponsor, Michael's Glass Company, serving the Philadelphia Tri-State area since 1978, 215-338-3293. Tell them Mike and Brett sent you. Uh, congratulations there, buddy. We're, we're, we're uh, chopping wood, as they say, in, in our part, our neck of the woods. Absolutely. We're rocking and rolling. The dynamic duo is, that's the name of an old bad tag team, wasn't it? The dynamic, dynamic duo. They dynamic, were the dynamic dudes, yeah. The dynamic dudes, which yeah. was John Laurinaitis, yes, and Shane Douglas, yes. One went yeah. on to one went on to be the you know the 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 father-in-law of the, perhaps one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and Shane Douglas single-handedly changed professional wrestling as we know it. We can discuss that on In the Fight, one of our other podcasts. Brie Bella is not a great uh, wrestler, by the way. Right, Daniel Bryan. Um, <laughs> on that note, we're here to we're here to talk football. Uh, we we mentioned in the flight, which we is our mixed martial arts program. So if you're a wrestling fan, MMA fan, check that out. New program actually dropping today. The state of professional wrestling on a Friday. Follow us here at GL Stand Show, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The website is being revamped. It'll be back up and running probably in the next week or so. Uh, transferring the name and some of that stuff. Take some time. Yep, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Also, don't forget to check out our Halfway There mock draft, which dropped earlier this week. Uh, also, all of the picks were uh, posted on our Instagram feed at GL Stand. Is it a feed? It's a feed. Forgive me. It's a so, Instagram feed. I would. I'm going to call it a feed. Yeah, at GL Stand Show, along Insta with all of our social media. So. Right, because it's not a timeline. I think it's a feed. Facebook's a timeline. What's Twitter? Other than a mess. I don't know. That's a good question. It's all a mess. All social media is a mess. We'll talk about that on another show. Uh, yeah. Let's get to it here, Football Friday. <laughs> and we'd be here we are again, another Friday, another show. And it's just getting maddening, but COVID, COVID, COVID. Uh, rearing its ugly head. Look, in the United States, we're in the midst of this thing. We're worse off now than we were in the spring when it was bad. Football? <laughs> Uh, college football particularly, getting hammered this week. Ten games have been canceled or postponed. Now the SEC is rescheduling, I believe, correct? Yeah. I mean, it's remarkable. So of those ten games you have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five of them include top 25 teams, and three of them include top five teams. So, it, I mean, this is really putting a damper on our uh, – our viewing pleasure. Obviously, most important, I hope everyone on those teams has uh, fast and, and full and speedy recoveries. That's the most important part. Absolutely agreed. Uh, number one, Alabama at LSU canceled. Number three, or postponed, I should say. That's a postponement. Number yeah. three, Ohio State at Maryland canceled. Not, not playing it. Number five, Texas A&M at Tennessee postponed. Number 12, Georgia at Missouri 
postponed. Kind of sensing a trend there a little bit with those uh, choices. Oh, you uh, mean with respect to their, their geographic location? Their geographic location and their conferences. Auburn, yeah. Mississippi. Huh. Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Yeah. Mississippi State postponed. Rice at Louisiana Tech. I don't know if that's canceled or postponed. Not sure. Yeah. Memphis at Navy. Pitt at Georgia Tech. Air Force at Wyoming. UL Monroe, so Louisiana Monroe at Arkansas State. All fell victim to COVID. Yeah. It's uh, it's a lot. I mean, that's a, that's a big chunk of games right there and meaningful games. And you realize in any other year, Alabama, LSU, that's always like, you know, the CBS nighttime, uh, the CBS nighttime game. Obviously this year, LSU isn't doing as well, but nevertheless, that's always still a fun game to watch. It's interesting because college, you can't control it, I guess, as much as you can the professional game. Because, look, the pros, it's every day. Eagles have had had an issue this week, but they're able to keep going. I I have a feeling, and we're going to get to this a little bit down the line, I have a feeling this is going to be a storyline moving forward as we approach playoffs, the winter. It's going to be interesting. Well, look, not all, for as bad as COVID and coronavirus is, we actually have a scenario this week where it may have saved a life. Yeah, Which I find interesting. You got to take, got to take a negative situation, turn it positive. Penn State running back Journey Brown has announced his medical retirement from football due to a, a cardiovascular issue. Yeah, and according to onwards onwardstate.com, which I think is the Penn State rivals or one of those, one of the, yeah. the services, Journey Brown would not have found out about this heart condition if it weren't for the cardiac testing post his COVID diagnosis. And it did not come from COVID. According to all Penn State yeah. sources, this heart issue did not come from COVID, but was discovered because of the testing. Yeah, so my general understanding is that the the one particular cardiac condition that the schools are testing for, uh, for all those athletes that, acquired COVID is myocarditis. Uh, That is not the condition uh, that Journey Brown has, but in the course of that testing, they found another underlying cardiac condition, which could be fatal um, if if gone unchecked and continuing to play at such an advanced level. So, you know, I mean, obviously I feel for him and I'm terribly sorry for him. Uh, Because he was a very good player and probably had a future in the NFL. But I am also glad that he was able to be, that this was able to be identified. He was diagnosed with with hypertropic cardiomyopathy. Yeah. As a result of this. And we, we talked about this when the Big Ten was making its comeback how this was important to cardiac testing. I actually texted you after this story. We're not Penn State guys, you know, but you want to see, you never want to see something bad happen to a kid. And yeah. he's a kid. And this might change, in my opinion, change the approach colleges and the pros take on their testing. Now, I know the pros do do cardiac testing uh, on the regular. For- I want, the only thing I do wonder is had he continued with his career and, th- and you know, knock on wood, hopefully. You know, nothing had come up during, like, let's say the last year of his playing career in college. 
if he had then entered the NFL draft process, I wonder if this would have popped up in testing during the combine. I think it would have. I, I imagine they would have caught it then and there. But you've opened Pandora's box on testing in college now. Yeah. As as, a, as relates to the cardiac the cardiac testing, I don't think you can undo it, even in a time of no COVID. Yeah. Uh, it's there. You have to do it for the health and safety of your players. I think you have to do it. Uh, sad scenario. Uh, Penn State fans are upset, but look, this probably saved the kid's life. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, in all accounts, he's a really good kid. And, you know, we wish him the best at all of his future endeavors, whatever they may be, whether it involves football in a coaching capacity or just any other um, area that he seeks to, um, you know, develop his career in. We wish him the best. Absolutely. Before we move on to Eagles-Giants week, because Eagles fan me, Giants fan you, uh, we have a podcast here. So this is always twice a year. This makes for an interesting week. This one probably more so than normal because you're rooting for a loss and I don't think the Eagles can win. So, <laughs> you know, we're, we're in this weird state. We, we, have the, we have the return of our Are You Nuts segment since I decided to grace you with my presence on a Friday. Yeah, I know. Well, I, And also you're changing the name of the segment. Oh, am I nuts? I'm sorry. Are you nuts? No, it's am I crazy? I don't know. You apparently have oh, nuts on the you have nuts on the brain. That's a little weird. Peanuts. Well, I don't know. You're the one who's talking about it. That's a good point. Am I crazy is the name of the segment. <laughs> so let's let's get to it. And am I crazy? So the college football playoff announced today they may look into suspending or moving back the college football postseason off of its traditional New Year's Day, New Year's Six surrounding time. Am I nuts to think that we won't see a college football postseason this year at all? Mm. No bowl games, no playoffs. I think you're nuts because we're too far down the road. Maybe it's something where they'll have to wait till February. I don't know. I, I, I feel like we're too far down the road. You can't stop now. There's no, I don't know how you do it. Maybe they'll put the teams in bubbles at that point. You could put four teams in a bubble. You could even put eight teams in a bubble, frankly. Yeah, I, I get so from the playoff standpoint, I I, I guess yeah. yeah, I see I, that. So maybe you're only partially crazy because maybe it'll be no bowl games. So Rutgers won't play in the pinstripe. Damn it. Getting yeah. night talk, night talk podcast. Check that out for the Rutgers fans. Yeah. Continuing on. The NFL has a contingency plan in place for if they lose games. I'm going to say when they lose games because it's going to happen, meaningful games. Am I nuts to say that the NFL doesn't play the Super Bowl until March or early April? Um, I think you're... Again, I'm just going to go with partially nuts. By the way, it's not if it's not. We're not talking about your nuts again. It's, it's again crazy. crazy. You got crazy? nuts on the brain. Now I you know. Am I crazy? <laughs> I'm going to have to write a big thing on, on my on my on the bulletin board. Am I crazy? <laughs> okay. Um, I can't see it being pushed to April. I can I can see it being pushed to late February, and that's about as far down as it goes. But again, they will, particularly in the pros, they will create bubbles. I don't know where, but they'll do it. Maybe they'll go to Fight Island. 
<laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I would imagine. I imagine not. I, I would think if the, they're going to create a bubble, you're probably going to see. You'd, you would see where. Let's just the. Do you do it in Florida because that's where the Super Bowl already is? Yeah, I guess you could. Um, and you have three stadiums to use: Jacksonville, Miami, Tampa. Well, or be, but I would, I would assume the bubble would be uh, Disney again. So maybe then you just play the games in the Citrus Bowl. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That would kick the WWE out, which was part of my idea on the upcoming on the upcoming state of wrestling, professional wrestling show. Uh, let's move on here. Giants Eagles. Very excited for this one. I got to tell you, very, very excited. <laughs> Eagles at Giants, 1 p.m. Sunday on Fox. I actually thought for some reason, was this a night game at one point? And did they did they change it or was no, I, I don't think it got flexed. And, and it's actually not even the national. No, it's the third one o'clock. Yeah, which I got. I mean, I got to take a little bit of issue with uh, because if you, I forget exactly the slate of Fox games, but if you look at them, this one actually has the most uh, relevance towards a divisional leader. The other, it's not like there's a tremendous matchup at one o'clock on Fox. So, for that perspective, so I would do Tampa Bay, Carolina, I think is the main game. Uh, from let's just looking. Like, I remember yeah. last night. Then it was Jacksonville at Green Bay was the two. Yeah, because it's Green Bay and the Eagles Giants were the three. I mean, I can't take too much umbrage. Well, six and three Tampa, three and six Carolina division game. Tom Brady. It should at least yeah, be- you have Tom Brady with a good team. You have the Packers as a good team. But if you want, if you're going to go based upon importance within a division. This is the most important game, sadly enough. Before we get into the game itself, we'd like to take a look at the historical perspective each week of our respective teams. This week, we come together. So yeah, there's a lot. There is Isn't a lot. it true? It seems like more of the craziness has happened up in the, I'm going to say generally the Meadowlands. Well, yeah, that's what I call it. So yeah. I agree with you. Taking a look at this, we put it, we put it out on poll at GL Stand Show. For both squads, an Eagles poll and a Giants poll, uh, the fan choice for moments. And I, I, I did, I did put a cap on it. Thirty-eight years old. That way, it, it eliminated certain things. We knew that the miracle in the Meadowlands, number one, Herm Edwards, from an Eagles fan perspective, was probably going to be number one. It was one and of my parents' first dates. I, I, <laughs> so, so we should have known early on how my mother was a Jane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Eagles' perspective. Here's what I put out there on the poll: Yeah, the Miracle in the Meadowlands two, which a lot of people are going to say, "Yeah, hey, Deshaun Jackson." No, no, no. Brian Westbrook and the return that really changed that season around. If, yeah. if, that, if that doesn't happen, the Eagles are in serious jeopardy of falling into division and probably not making a run. Yeah, Miracle in the Meadowlands number three, which was the Deshaun Jackson punt. <laughs> Randall Randall Cunningham's punt of yeah. 91 yards. I have this on beta still. So From 1988. So it was record. My father, for whatever reason, was probably we probably had football, so we recorded it, and it, it still exists in beta form. I'll have to take a picture of the tape. 
I don't know what I can do with it. I guess I could take it somewhere and get it transferred. Maybe not. Uh, I I know for a fact, actually, though, the clip is out there on YouTube. And um, there's actually there's a New York Giant fan who does clips of all like this week. He's been doing all Giants Eagle games up in Giant Stadium. So he did uh, the Randall clip or the Randall part. It was one of the more impressive. And then people have to remember, Randall was the punter. Yeah. At UNLV. So I mean, it wasn't completely. Well, it wasn't one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, well, it was just a fluke thing. I mean, it did bounce 30 some odd yards, but you're still talking a 60 yard punt in the air, which is impressive yeah. in its own right. And that was into the wind, correct? That was into the wind. I, so, you know, I, some of these are really painful memories, not only because the Giants lost, but some of, and so I was at Westbrook's return. I was at Deshaun Jackson's. The, the Randall punt was actually a painful memory. So we were little kids, but we were five years old. You were. You were six, I was five, and I wasn't allowed to go to that game, and I was super pissed that I couldn't even go. So I was salty about that, and then on top of it, the result. So it, it's funny when you talk about these games because I'm like literally, oh, my God. I Yeah, it, like we could get into each one. I can tell you exactly how I remember it. And the last the random one was crazy. The last choice on the fan poll was the 2009 playoff win, which got absolutely zero votes, <laughs> you know, which is a surprise, but not, not a surprise. I think 64% it's of the a huge fans. win though. It is a huge win, but people don't remember you knocked off the defending champions. I, I know that. And it, and it propelled them to the, to the champion. You know, they were making the run to the championship game. 64% of the Poland's, Pick the Deshaun Jackson return as the Eagles fan memory of the last 38 years. I think understandably so. It's the bigger yeah. of the two, the one that is more often played along with Herm Edwards. And it was the scenario. I love the story because you were, you said it, you were at that game and, uh-huh. and we were texting during the course of the game. Yeah, I so I had texted you and Kevin Boss. Uh, it was a third down, third and goal, and Eli Manning connected with Kevin Boss to score a touchdown to go up twenty-one. And you texted me, "Congrats on the division." And I texted you, "This game is not over. The Eagles will win." And surely, I mean, uh, my buddy Greg, who was at the game, left because he thought it was over. Uh, and I was sitting there with my friend Matt, who I had at the game with me, and. Just man, I mean that we the defensive uh strategies changed. They started blitzing Vic and Vic started running wild, and you guys just Brent Selleck had a long touchdown and it just got ugly. And then obviously there's the play with Matt Dodge fumbling the snap, then kicking it right down the center of the field to Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun fumbles it and then picks it up. Oh <laughs> sucked. Yeah, I think you I think you dropped a couple F-bombs on a text to me after that happened. Yeah. And here's the thing. It doesn't happen if there's not the two fumbles because it throws the timing of the whole thing completely yeah. off. Yeah. Dodd fumbling the ball, then at forcing himself to quickly punt it. Yeah. And then Deshaun dropping it. It just threw off the whole timing and created – the lanes got broken and it opened up. Void. And the coverage got so far down they were all around him. But obviously, no one did an effective job of tackling him because once he broke past like the initial group, he was gone. It it was, uh, yeah, that was bad. That was really bad. Although, so 
Eagle fans will really appreciate. I think I need to tell the story of the Brian Westbrook return from a fan perspective. So, Mike, you, you've been in my seats before. I'm on the upper deck. And for those, if you were watching on TV, I was my my seat is literally the goal line, right? And I was the goal line that Westbrook was running into, right? Now, as the play started, there was a fight between a giant fan and an eagle fan two rows above me. And the giant fan had the eagle fan by the jersey and is about to, it looked like a hockey fight, right? And as he's about to throw the punch, the eagle fan taps him on the shoulder and points. And you start seeing Westbrook going running down the sideline and everyone stopped looking at the fight to look at Westbrook. So I actually did not see Fiegel's punt the ball. I only saw the return. And that broke up the fight. Was Westbrook's, uh, you would think that it would you know restart, but everyone, all the Giant fans just like quietly left, and the Eagles fans were, you know, jumping in regalia. It was, yeah, that was a rough day too. <laughs> the Eagles really did have a lot of moments up there. Uh, this one I remember. It's on you know fall of two thousand one Monday Night Football ten nine Eagles victory. The reason I remember it is I was at Kane University at the time, yeah. and my roommate went to the game. And he obviously we watched the game drinking beers at, at, at back of the dorms. And this is after 9-11. It was just a weird time, but it was like nice to have football back. And this was the Eagles in the midst of their, their run. The Giants were coming off of a Super Bowl. You know, it, it was a big game. My my roommate, my roommate got something spilled all over my McNabb jersey that I let him wear, and it was never the same since. That's why I remember that one. That's a super important game, I think, for the Eagles because if you remember, the Giants had beaten the Eagles like nine or ten straight, and this was kind of like the passing of the torch in the NFC East to the Eagles. In that game, the Giants were dominating the Eagles. Uh, so I wasn't even at the game. I was in prep school watching in a friggin' common room. Don't get me started. But I the East, so the Giants were winning nine three the whole game. And they kept turning the ball over in the red in the red zone, and I, I'm like, I know what's coming. And McNabb let him down. I forget who scored the touchdown. I want to say it was James Thrash. It was either I don't Thrash know why. or Pinkston. I, yeah, I but it was a pass from McNabb with like 20 seconds left in the corner and put you guys up 10-9. And that was that was the trajectory of the teams for the next several years went in completely different directions after that game. That was a big one. One not not on the list, but I I remember specifically. So I had been begging and pleading with Brett and his father to let me go to games, and I was not allowed. I was I, like banned. You cannot go to an Eagle Giant game with us. Any other game you want to go to, go. You yes, you go into a bunch of games with me. Yeah. just not Giant Eagle games. Yeah. Oh, I've been to a bunch of Giant games, and I because I just love football. So for me, I get to go watch a football game, and I would I would. Usually, preface Eagles on a bye week is usually how I would kind of, or a night game or whatever. Yeah. And I begged and I pleaded to, to go to an Eagles Giants game. Finally, the 2004 season, when the Eagles are making a run to the Super Bowl, I, you give in. I don't even know why. I, what I think everyone else, I think people just didn't want to go. And I was like the last yeah. man on a total. Yeah. Game. Well, because you guys were so far, because you, you needed the win to clinch the division and right. it was already it was only like early November. 
Right. It was yeah, real early in the year. And it was a miserable rainy day. We we were in, we st- ended up watching a movie at couldn't tailgate, watched a movie in the back of your vehicle. So yeah, we, we were all in, stuck in the back. Yeah, we, yeah. we finally get into the into the building, and I think it was pretty much like a ho-hum kind of game. But we're Eagles were playing well, but it, it was going to be one of those typical Eagle Giant games. And yeah. I, I say to you, we're just talking. You're yeah. frustrated, but we're just we're just talking. And I'm like, you know what we never see anymore in the National Football League? Why? What don't we see? We don't see blocked punts. Nobody blocks a punt anymore. Why doesn't anyone block a punt? It was just me talking. Three, four plays later, Giants come up to punt. Javon Kurtz blocks the punt, takes it in for a touchdown. We left. Yeah. That, we were so, You're like, that's it. We're leaving. I was surrounded by Eagles fans. Yeah, there was a ton of Eagles fans. That's I was. There was no Giant fans there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was people, Eli's rookie year, and that was the debut of the red jerseys. Right. Well, I was going to say, I remember there was a jersey. Was it Eagles wore black that day up there for some reason, or the Giants wore red? It was the red. Yeah. That, and the that's right. We sat in the back of my truck because it was a monsoon. We didn't tailgate. Uh, that was a long, yeah. That was another one. <laughs> God. Yeah. Yeah. We were out. As soon as it, there was the thud of the blocked punt, you were already up and moving, saying, let's go. And I'm like, hold on a second. I get, you yeah. know, um, 2006, the Tiki SWAT. I, I don't remember this one. What's the? So this is when you guys went on your Jeff Garcia run. Oh yeah, yeah. And the, you know, the Giants were in contention. Uh, and you guys, we had beaten you actually earlier in the year. It's when we came back and won in overtime. But later in the year, uh, and Eli had a pass tipped. You guys were up by like three, and we had one last drive. You had a pa- Eli had a pass tipped in the air. And Tiki is staring there looking at it and tries to swat it in the air to pat, hit it down. Instead, he hits it right into the arms of Trent Cole, who returns it for a touchdown and seals the game for you guys. You don't remember that? I don't remember that. I wonder yeah. why I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember that one. I'm going to have to, I'm going to take a look at it. Uh, 2009 before the playoffs, there was the, well, yeah, this was now after the playoff, right? This yeah, season. so the, the 2009 playoff was actually it was January 09. It was from the 08 right. season. The, the 09 Sunday night was it a Sunday night football game where, where yeah. the Eagles and the Giants just go go off. Yeah, defense took a holiday, which is rare because it never happens that way. Yeah, and that's pretty been pretty much it. The Eagles have dominated the Giants over the past, I think, eight in a row up in the Meadowlands. So that kind of takes us almost to that point where. The, the Giants have only won two games at MetLife against the Eagles. Really? Yeah. So I do know. I'm not, I don't even know which ones they are. Well, wasn't the one the, the, where the Eagles were, 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 were like, terrible? It was Andy Reid's last game. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then in 2016, the one the year we went to the playoffs and OBJ went to uh, took the guys on the boat trip. We won that year. Carson Wentz's rookie year. That. Uh, uh, that boat trip. The only other Eagles game up there that stands out was Nick Foles' first start after the yeah. went injury, and the Eagles won the game. Yeah, but it it wasn't a it was not very promising. But we know what happened there. Uh, let's yeah. flip, let's flip the script here a little bit. Yeah, Giant fan perspective on this rivalry. A lot going on there. Yeah, I mean, it, it is amazing. Though. I do think if you were to weigh it, the Eagles have better memories in the Meadowlands than the Giants do. But 
to me, 86, the Giants' first Super Bowl year, you have, and I'm sure everyone has seen it, it's one of the more iconic LT sacks when he literally, Keith Byers tries to go in low and LT completely jumps over him and nails Ron Jaworski. Um, in 1990, this is another game I was pissed off at my father because I wasn't allowed to go. Uh, they beat the Eagles 27-20 in the season opener. Then... 1997 season opener, um, Giants won 31-17. And that was, I know this is going to sound weird. I also remember that because late that the night before, early that morning is the night Princess Diana died. I remember being woken up by my parents to learn that. And there was that was also the debut of Tiki Barber. That was his professional debut. Um, that also takes us to the 2000 divisional game, which... And I, I know Mike had two of the biggest, um, what's it called? Two of the biggest moments in the Twitter poll. Yeah. So the Giants Twitter poll had, it was very much heavy on that 2000, uh, early 2000s. Yeah. So in, in one game, and I actually said that to you, I'm like, holy shit, wasn't that the same game? Yeah. The Ron Dixon kick return to start the game. Yeah, and a Jason Seahorn pick six of McNabb uh, late in the, was it? It was in the fourth quarter, right? No, second quarter. Was it? The, oh, was that early? See, yeah, we, we pretty much put you guys away. Yeah, I, that was the I, that was the play that, in my from what I remember, this is just, you know my, in my mind that killed that game was I don't even remember how it happened. All I remember is Seahorn on his back. Yeah. Intercepts the ball, picks it up, and goes. Keith Hamilton broke through the line. Um, one of your guards got hurt for like one game, literally, or excuse me, one play. And Keith Hamilton, uh, who had a great year that year, uh, broke through the line and almost sacks McNabb, who had to rush pass. Seahorn dives in and does a tumble while continuing to keep the ball. It was one of the more athletic plays I've ever seen. I'm not a Jason Seahorn guy at all, but I re that was an impressive play. You can, yeah. as a fan, it's like all right, you can, you can appreciate things, and, and that that was one of them. That, yeah, that down later in, in life uh, to appreciate. Yeah, uh, but you know, so going back, I will say, well, so what was the results of the poll? All right, so on the giant poll front, forty-two percent of the pollants picked uh, the Dixon kick return. The other yeah. choice was a Seahorn pick, which had 25. And then we're going to get to Jeremy Shockey, TD. Only yeah, I get that. Yeah. Uh, OCU Manure's six sacks had uh, 25 as well. Gotcha. So to me, the, the mo and honestly, this is one of the more special moments of viewing a game ever was the Ron Dixon return. So to set it up, the Giants used to, in, in, back in the day, they had this like big guy who used to pose over giant stadium like in the video introduction right before the kickoff on the video screen they start showing rocky running the steps now it's weird because you know how much i'm a rocky fan it is weird because look even though i'm a new york sports fan i grew up my whole life down here so i have an affinity towards rocky but i'm looking i kept telling my dad i'm like why are they showing rocky and they imprinted the guy doing the uh pose and he actually steps on rocky and kills rocky uh, which I think also needs to happen in Creed 3, but we can discuss that on the Section 247 show. Nevertheless, right after that is the kick. And I can tell you 
except for one other moment. That is the loudest I've ever heard a stadium. Because Giants Eagles, there's a lot. There's just bad blood. It's a you know like we've talked about Eagles Cowboys with that rivalry, but Giants Eagles, it's the Turnpike rivalry. It's the closest of any of the two teams. And even though the Giants had beaten the Eagles a bunch of times in a row, no one took the Giants seriously as the uh, as having home field advantage that year. And to come out with that return, there was like an anger in in the crowd. And it was, with the towels going, it was crazy. The Seahorn play was really cool. And then that, I guess that takes us to the 0-2 game, which we've talked about before, which was the win and end game for the Giants. And for the Eagles, it was supposed to be for the home field advantage. The Eagle, the Giants win. Shockey catches the ball over Brian Dawkins. And Tiki ran for like over 200 yards and had like four fumbles in the game. Because this was before Coughlin got there. This was still Jim Fossil. Um, we won in overtime. And you guys still ended up with home field advantage. And ended up, and that was the year. Um, I'm sure all of you remember when the Niners came back to beat the Giants in the wild card round with the crazy field goal screw up and throwing the ball to Rich Subert in the in the end zone. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. yeah. So, (laughs) but anyways, um, then yeah, I guess the next big one would be OC Humanura with his six sacks, which uh, it's a giant record. I mean, there was 12 sacks that whole game, and Strahan actually broke LT's sack record um, that night. And it's pretty sad. Like, that's probably the last big moment for the Giants against the Eagles because in 07, the Super Bowl year, I'm trying to think. We, well, yeah, that was the 07. Uh, That was the Super Bowl year. Then 08, you guys beat us in the regular season and then beat us in the playoffs. And then we've sucked at MetLife. So, yeah, it's really been – it's definitely been more friendly for the Eagles up there. You guys should just play us up there all the time. I do know that Eagles – and Eagles fans travel up there too. So, yeah. There's been – what game was it where Eli Manning came out? Was It might have been the Nick Foles game after Carson Wentz was hurt where I remember Eli Manning – I think it was Eli Manning – Right, said yeah. something to the in effect of the media. We thought we were on the road. Where yeah. and I remember watching the game on TV, obviously, where it was like, wow, like this sounds like an Eagles home game. And it, it happens elsewhere. You, you watch Giants games, anyone, anybody in Washington, uh, anybody at the Reds at Washington, it's always very much a visiting team stadium. Yeah. Uh, you and I went to a Redskins. Yeah, well, a giant Redskin game at the time, and yeah. I remember thinking, "Man, there's a lot of Giants fans down here." That so that game you're talking about though with um, with Foles, that was right after McAdoo got fired. Okay. So the Giant fan base was so pissed because McAdoo screwed up Eli's streak. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's and so right. they were, and even though I love Spagnolo. Uh, who was the interim head coach? Like I could, like no one wanted to go to the games. Right. So you couldn't makes- even give away the tickets, which is why Eagles fans just bought them. I'm sure they were cheap. Right. Right. Yeah. So it, it is true the Eagles really do own the Giants, and it's yeah. always kind of been that way, though. It's always kind of been a flip flop, which is weird. Where I feel like the Giants play better in Philadelphia, which we talked about before, and yeah. then obviously the Eagles play better uh, up there. It seems. 
the the moments are always reversed too in, in my mind. Yeah, and the, well, so I was looking up. So the season, or excuse me, the series record right now is Eagles have eighty eight wins, Giants have eighty five wins, and I believe there's two or three ties in there from back in the day. So I, mean, I know for a while it was the Giants were up by live. I mean, I think you could say generally the last twenty years the Eagles have pretty much owned the Giants. The Eagles have gone on streaks. The yeah, past winning ten games in a row, eight games in a row right now. So it's going to bring it brings us to it brings us to the now. Yes, and I got to tell you, as, as much as I've been down on the Eagles this this year, the Eagles are getting healthier this week. Miles yep. Sanders is probably coming back. Alshon Jeffrey coming back. Which whatever, leave him on the bench for all I care. This doesn't bode well for the Giants that the Eagles are getting healthy at this point and coming off of a bye. Let's talk. Let's talk about it. Like, what do you what do you see happening here? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think. Look, I think the Eagles are going to get healthy. I think they're going to hit a stride. I don't think they're necessarily going to go on a run. To me, I think the ceiling for the the Eagles season in general is to win the division and win one playoff game. That's sort of where I see this going. Uh, but as relates to this game. Yeah, look, I, I think we both say that the Giants' defense is definitely better than their offense. Uh, so I think, you know, they'll make it competitive. But, again, you know, Peterson and the offensive coaching staff for the Eagles will, you know, find the key matchups that will exploit the three or four players on the Giants' defense who we've talked about all season just are not good enough to really be on an NFL roster. And that, in the end, is going to cause some big plays. That'll lead to your touchdowns, you know, whether it's in the passing game or even the run game now with Miles Sanders back. So, you know, I think in the end, you guys just have so many different avenues to exploit some personnel deficiencies in the Giants. That, to me, is the the key for the Eagles offense, is to to get those matchups and also use Miles Sanders in the passing game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you there. Carson Wentz has not been playing particularly well, and we've talked about it. I've been high on the Giants' defense. I, I always say this is kind of your, you know, your hallmark of rebuilding is starting with a defense, a strong defense, and the Giants yeah. have a pretty solid defense. Where could there be a scenario where this defensive backfield and the linebacking core really just takes it to Wentz from a mental standpoint? He starts making these bad throws, and, and it could and it could turn the game. Possibly. Uh, you know, I do really like the Giants defensive coordinator, uh, Patrick Graham, and I think he does provide a lot of exotic looks. I, I think the problem is it, it does, and it has in the past confused some quarterbacks. The problem is you don't necessarily have the pass rush that complements that because you still need to have a guy who gets home, right? Because, all right, a quarterback could be confused, but if he has enough time, he could start to diagnose what's going on. If you have a pass rush to go with that, now, now you got a good recipe. The, the, you know, now the Giants do have more sacks than they did last year, but it's still not enough, again, I think, to overcome the deficiencies they have. So that's where I think it, it can confuse Wentz. I think the key it, it, to me, you got to go for broke. I'd rather bl- I'd rather lose blitzing and having some guy wide open in the backfield, wide open in the defensive backfield because you just didn't have enough people covering than sitting back and trying to confuse why you don't have enough of a pass rush. 
You got to get Wentz to throw the ball early. Uh, yeah, well, I would agree. And with with guys coming at him, where he's just gonna make make a throw. Yeah. Giants offensively <laughs> versus the Eagles defense. I mean, this is is almost. This could be a game for the Eagles defense where they can just feast on on the Giants. And so, I yeah. I, I, I generally agree with you. The only thing I'll say is at least the last two games, and you know me more than anyone on any other fan base, I'm hardest on that Giants offensive line. The Giants offensive line the last two weeks has done much better. And there was actually an article that came out that was talking about how Mark Colombo, the Giants offensive line coach, has actually re-tinkered with Andrew Thomas's technique and he's now employing more of the technique that he had used in college as compared with whatever it was that Mark Colombo was trying to get him to do. He's now playing to his strengths. Andrew Thomas had a really good game against Chase Young, and even though Chase Young is a rookie, he's already one of the most dynamic pass rushers. And our other rookie, Matt Pert, is starting to play well. And then the rookie guard that came in to replace Will Hernandez is playing well. So, again, I'm not saying that the Giants' offensive line is going to come out there and dominate. But if you think about the last game, you know, they were actually able to, to run a little bit effectively between the tackles, and I think they're playing even better now. Now, I think Brandon Graham needs to come up big. Fletcher Cox needs to come up big. Josh Sweat, whomever the other defensive end is on the other side, because uh, I'm not a big Derek Barnett guy. Uh, so that's why I still think the Eagles' defensive line is better than the Giants' offensive line. But I do think it's a – it's a closer fight than it was in the first game. That's what I was getting at. I, I fair, you know, fair take. I, I, I breaking news: Cal, Cal, Arizona State can be added to the list from the top of the of the game. Uh, that's uh, a programming. Uh, game called off after Sun Devils coach Herm Edwards and several others in the program test positive for COVID nineteen. Oh, Herm <laughs> tested positive. Oh. Yeah, I got to tell you, I feel like the. Um, the Pac-12, for all the, the fight to get back into the playing football, they've had a lot more issues than maybe it just seems that way than than some of the other. Yeah, other well, look, Maryland's out, Wisconsin's out. Sure. I don't know. It's it's. I think there's a correlation between the amount of student body in a campus uh, and the number of infections on the football team. Fair enough. Let's get back to, to the Eagles-Giants here. Let's talk special teams. Uh, if it comes down to special teams, which it does, I mean, it, the, the history of this rivalry says that, yeah, there are blowouts, but it's always been fairly close coming down to key moments in games. Uh, I'm not, the Eagles' kicking game has been atrocious lately. We've gotten laps out of it. So yeah, uh, Giants actually get, you know, are the Giants the, the better of the two special teams right now? I would actually confidently say yes. And also, you got to remember, what was Joe Judge before he was the head coach of the New York Giants? He's a he, special teams special coach. Team for New York. And actually, it was really he employed a really interesting technique last week um, against the Redskins where the Redskins actually fumbled on a punt return. So he used a gunner who lined up. It was he, they kind of they've now deemed it like the Canadian gunner. It was like another guy who, instead of lining up like in that wing position as a blocker on the edge, 
He had him all the way in the backfield where the punter was. And as soon as the snap was there, he just started sprinting because, you know, you can only release two guys right at the snap, the gunners. But so they had him. So by the time the kick was there, he's running full speed. So it's essentially like having a third gunner. It was really, I've never seen that used before. So it was a really interesting, and that guy it was actually Cam Brown, the rookie from Penn State, who caused the fumble. So, and the Giants have had some decent returns. They've had good, and then Graham Gano is actually, I think, borderline pro bowler. So I actually think the Giants had the edge on special teams, remarkably. I would agree with you. And look, this game, these games come down to special teams. A couple of weeks ago, 22-21 Eagles win. It could come down to a moment like that. Prediction time. Here we are, Eagle Giants. Uh, what do you think? Um, I am going to go Eagles 23, Giants 17. I, I'm going to go by your basis. Like you, you always say, I'd rather have Carson Wentz than Daniel Jones, yep. and the QB makes a difference. And I would agree. Eagles have had a week off. They're getting some guys healthy. Eagles 24, Giants 20, and I think it's more of like a, a Eagles 24-17 field goal kind of some point in the fourth quarter for the Giants, and then the Eagles shut it down. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, I just wanted to mention, we were talking about historical perspectives and all that other stuff and, and that with special teams. David Akers, who's one of the great kickers of the game, was terrible in the Meadowlands. I mean, I, I, I would have to actually do some research into his numbers this guy, every game in the Meadowlands, missed a field goal, and a lot of them were clutch like well, for I, the Giants. I, well, I remember that the uh, the playoff, the the o, the o eight going into the the o nine playoff game. Yeah. Uh, I think he hit a big kick, and that was the big thing. Was like, yeah, he has to come up big here, and he did when yeah. he normally never did. Normally, I think that was his. He must have hated going up there because he in o two that the shocky catch game. He missed a field goal at the end to put it away. In in the 2000 playoff game, he missed a chip shot. He was terrible in the Meadowlands. It was unbelievable. That's because Parcells was calling in from Dallas, saying to open up the uh, open up the open up the doors. Yeah, probably. So I just I just wanted to throw that out there because you mentioned special teams. So we both have the Eagles taking the victory and expanding upon <laughs> upon their uh, NFC East uh, lead. If the Eagles lose, they get a top five draft pick, and the Giants. Uh, I don't. I think they're at the. I don't think they flip flop quite exactly. But God, the NFC East is bad. You yeah. know how we know that because we just did our halfway there mock draft show, and the NFC East has three of the of the top five picks. Yep. Easily, all those teams can make the playoffs. Yeah, it's that's it's sad. <laughs> so go check check out everywhere you find podcasts. Uh, our halfway there mock draft show. It's also on sportstalkphilly.com, our website right now. So go to section two, uh, excuse me, you can go to section 247pod.podomatic.com as well, but it's not there. If you go to glstandshow.podomatic.com, it's there as well. Partner, We've partnered with Thrive Daily Fantasy for some fantasy props throughout the season. More props are going to be coming out this weekend. We will put, post some of them on our Instagram at glstandshow. Go to thrivedailyfantasy.com. So go to thrivefantasy.com. Use code SEC247. Deposit 20 bucks. Get some free cash. And uh, hey, go win on us. Let's get to it. 
It's Thursday night football review. Actually, really, really surprising game here. And yeah. the the Colts take it to the Titans. Man, I think the punter, I'm, I'm forgetting his name, but I think he's going back to FedEx. He came off the he came yeah. from the, he interviewed a couple weeks ago with the Titans in his FedEx uniform. Yeah, guess what? I, I think he's shipping packages again today. Yeah, I don't know why. I was thinking about the Castaway movie because Tom Hanks like, with Castaway. Maybe he was practicing on an island with Wilson. Yeah, uh, this. So th this was re this is was really really bad. Uh, so we have a punt of seventeen yards, which turns into a Colts touchdown. Yeah, and immediately followed by hey, a blocked punt. Yeah, which wasn't necessarily on the punter. That was more on the coverage. It was on the play, yeah, the blocking. The blocking. Two of the guys, yeah, it, it was a it was a miscommunication, but that that was a problem. And then Stephen Goskowski, God bless him, he's missed like eight. I'm amazed they have not cut him yet. I didn't hear you, buddy. You on mute? No, you were frozen. So oh, I was frozen. I thought yeah, you were yeah, frozen. Yeah, you were frozen. So uh, oh. Take, take, let's take, take, take I'll, I'll count it in. And so, obviously, edit this out. I heard Steven got yeah. Cassie and then I got nothing. Okay. So, just say your point again. Okay. Yeah. So, I can't believe that they haven't uh, cut Steven Goskowski. The guy's missed like eight field goals this season. That's, that's Warren's getting cut. I, know, I think it's tough because Rabel and him were teammates. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. At, at well, one point, they were teammates, yeah. Well, I, I, it, it's interesting. They showed last night uh, Rabel sacking Phillip Rivers. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I completely forgot that they were teammates in, in New England. Anyone uh, – Gatskowski wins Super Bowls for you. It's hard. New England clearly made the right decision getting rid of him. That's clear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's probably it's probably time to go. Well, what did this game? Who did this game say more about? Was it more about the Titans or more about the Colts? The Colts are playing uh, well. Colts are playing well. You know, they actually have the number one defense in the league, which I found surprising. They're just they're technically sound. They just they don't really give up a lot of big plays, and you know, good good with tackling. Um, you know, obviously they have a really good offensive line. I don't think Philip Rivers is playing particularly well. Uh, but you know, I think at some point, maybe in Joe Buck or Aikman, or maybe I saw it on Twitter. Imagine if Andrew Luck hadn't retired. This would, I mean, this would be a really good team right now. Uh, so, but as it is, they're six and three, and in first place in, in the driver's seat of the AFC South. That's a good spot, and they have the kind of team that you want in the playoffs because of that offensive line, because they just drain the clock. And before you know, that's a team that matches up well against the Chiefs. I think last year they even beat the Chiefs. So, uh, look, it's a, that's a sleeper team. That's the way I view them. I, I agree with you. And Phillip Rivers actually playing fairly well. Uh, I thought maybe he'd be a guy that was one and done there. Yeah. But he's getting, he's doing what he needs to do at this juncture of his career. You know, yeah. Not, not doing too much. Let's move on to two games we like. One college, one pro. Let's start off with you. Let's start off with the collegiate game. And note, it may be canceled by the time you listen to this. Yeah, I know. We already have 11 now that we can't choose. Uh, so 
I'm going with Notre Dame at Boston College, and it's honestly, how crazy is it? So 1993 is the last time Notre Dame beat a number one team. And what happened the next week? They played Boston College. It's when Cherry Hill Eastone, uh, Glenn Foley, and Ted Page uh, knocked off the number one fighting Irish. And so now you have it. Notre Dame beat number one Clemson last week. What's happening? They're going to Boston College to play. Uh, it should be interesting. It, they're always close games, very physical games. I usually like their uni matchups, so I'm looking forward to that one. The Holy War. I, I can already tell you that it's probably my one uni matchup specifically for the uniform that Boston College is wearing. They're wearing the bandana, and yeah. we'll get more into that uh, on next week. Uh, my collegiate pick is going to be in the Big Ten, and I, I was actually – I wasn't sure which way I wanted to go. But I'm really interested in seeing in, in Nebraska and Penn State because I want to know where these two teams stand. This is going to change the trajectory for the season for both squads. Can Scott Frost be what everyone in Nebraska really wants him to be? And and conversely, what does this mean for James Franklin? Yeah. You know, I I've been very much on out there saying, I don't think he's a good coach. I think he's a recruiter. I think he, you won't, you know where he is. He's in Pete Carroll territory. He's a smarmy prick. And I want to know where these two teams stand. I think this is a good test this year for both of these programs. You know, they're and someone's got to win. So an O and two and an O and three in Nebraska, let's see what happens. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, somebody's going to get off the schneid. So, right. I think it's just one of those interesting, interesting games. What happens? Yeah. This could who gets who could get fired after it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for my program, I have Seattle at the LA Rams. I guess speaking of smarminess, even though I don't necessarily see the smarminess as much as you do with respect to Pete Carroll. Uh, to me, the NFC West is probably the best division in football, and now the teams are going to start to play against each other. So we're going to see the cream rise to the crop. Or see the cream rise to the top. Excuse me. Uh, and, and this is just a really interesting game. Uh, you know, Seattle's been struggling as of late. The Rams, I think, have been overachieving or at least exceeding most people's expectations. So it's just really interesting to see how this goes. Uh, really like the game, like the coaching matchups. I am going to go pro. A little here, a little different. One team not so good. One team undefeated. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. I have we've talked about Joe Burrow throughout the course of this season and we're impressed with him. This is a, an interesting game here. So I want to see how he does. I don't I don't anticipate a Cincinnati win. You never know. But I want to see how he does against a team like the Steelers. So yeah. this is a really interesting test. Uh Steelers are playing okay football. You know, they're undefeated, but they didn't have a great game a week ago. Yeah. What, what happens here? He's going into a stadium albeit 7,500 people with a, a fan base that can get loud. Yep. Show, me. Show me, Joe Burrow. Show me at this point. Yep. He can uh, defeat the uh, the Renegade song. Yeah. yeah, they play the Renegade. Yeah. Yeah, yep. So. On that note, we are going to wrap up this here program. You can check us out on uh, social media, at GL Stand Show. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Go check out some of our other podcasts in the Section 247 family, Section 247 show, which you will be guesting on uh, coming up this week. We have In the Flight, 
combat sports, mixed martial arts, professional wrestling. We have our state of wrestling coming out this Friday. You can follow us, Rutgers fans, Night Talk podcast, where we talk Rutgers, uh, preview some of their things, have a little bit of fun with that. On that note, hopefully we don't have any more cancellations. Fingers crossed. Yeah, enjoy your football Friday. Stay safe, wear a mask so we can end this goddamn thing.